Good afternoon and good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to leading brands on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Uh, and today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andres Berry. He is a president of JetBlue Travel Products, uh, the airline subsidiary that oversees JetBlue Vacations and Paisley.com. How are you today, Andres? Hello, Mark. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. Um, absolutely, thank you for taking the time. And we like to start these uh, on a more personal level, get to know the person we're speaking with. So we'd love to know a little bit more about you, uh, kind of your uh, educational background, your work background potentially, and uh, you know your role within JetBlue travel products. Yeah, of course. So I'll start with what I'm currently doing. So I've, about five years ago, I joined JetBlue to build the JetBlue travel product subsidiary. and. We saw, and I'm sure we'll get into this a bit more, but we saw an opportunity to bring JetBlue's um, customer service winning brand to the broader travel space. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But prior to this, had a lot of different roles. Uh, my original education is as an industrial engineer, but, but I gravitated towards uh, business development and marketing about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and so that, that, that's been a, a fun adventure. And then Originally, originally, I mean, a little bit of a mixed background growing up. I, I did live in five different Latin American countries growing up before I moved to the U.S. in, in my late teens. So I've um, kind of been been traveling the world from, from a very young age. Well, that's a, that sounds like fun. Is there a uh, fun fact, maybe a passion you have, scuba diving? Do you uh, have 14 kids? Well, what, what's a fun fact? <laughs> I wish. I mean, I, I think the... Um, just having an opportunity to have seen so much of the world and living in different places was, was something that I, I lean into a lot. In terms of travel, I'm trying to learn how to ski this year. And, and this winter was my first time doing that. So that's uh, um, that's been quite an adventure. And my, my two young sons are significantly better at learning that than I have been so far. Uh, the pliable myelin at that point. Uh, brain is a little easier. Yeah, skiing's fun. I haven't skied in a while. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. It's great to uh, share that uh, with your kids for sure. So when you look at JetBlue travel products, can you tell us a little bit more about the company uh, for those uh, who are listening? Would love to know more about uh, you know, what JetBlue travel products does and kind of what, what, you know, how it was started. Yeah, so the starting point was, um, I and mean, we're very fortunate that JetBlue, as it's grown as an airline, um, has been always very well received by customers. And has a history of innovating in the travel space. If you think about when JetBlue was founded, airlines were fairly commoditized and here comes JetBlue with more legroom and leather seats and TVs in the back of the seats and free snacks and, and a lot of different things and crew members that were just uh, uh, hired and, and developed a little bit more towards uh, taking care of customers. It was really a disruptor and that, that never changed. I mean, JetBlue then launched the Mint product to compete with whatever else was offering in business class uh, domestically and now internationally. Uh, we were the first to have free broad stream, uh, um, broadband speed Wi-Fi in the planes with Wi-Fi. And so the company has always had that desire and, and admission to make things better for customers in the airline space. And what we saw was an opportunity to say, well, how do we bring that? Um, and I know we're going to talk about loyalty. Customers do tend to be loyal to the JetBlue brand because they, they trust the experience. They expect to get a better experience. They expect to get better value for money. Um, there's a lot of other spaces in travel we can bring this to. And so... That was what JetBlue Travel Products was started to, to do. And one of our first missions was saying, okay, well, the vacation package business felt like a natural place we could start. And JetBlue flies a lot of people to sunny destinations. They tend to like to stay five, six nights at an all-inclusive resort, somewhere warm. 
Um, and the packaging business was fairly mundane and kind of was the same everywhere and it felt like a race to the bottom. And so we came in and kind of took that same approach and said, all right, well, if somebody buys a vacation package from us, we'll let them board a little bit early. We'll give them a free drink and flight. Um, we'll actually have a JetBlue Vacations crew member waiting for them at the airport in destination, give them a free ride to their hotel, um, work on their behalf to get unique perks uh, at the hotel destination, have some flexibility on how they pay for their trip, um, have a customer service team that answers the phone within a minute or, or usually less and is there to help customers make decisions. And so that's been the the, the mission from the beginning. And, and, and I think it's kind of bringing that JetBlue approach to new spaces. Um, that's worked well for us. And so then we continue to look, what are other parts of travel that um, we think that our flavor of customer experience can can really be a disruptor and, and help us win market share? Okay, uh, excellent. When, when you look at the the baseline JetBlue program, amazing program, award-winning, does, uh, you know, receives accolades quite frequently. Can you tell us a little bit more about the True Blue pro- program, uh, how the program works, uh, maybe how individuals engage with the program, and you know what are the benefits to the, the program? Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll I'll answer this in two parts because we have announced that a new version of the program is coming out uh, later this spring, early summer, um, and I'm really excited about some of those changes. In terms of the the core program, has a lot of similarities with with many of the uh, of the other programs out there in terms of you book something through JetBlue. And for us, it's not just a flight, but if you actually book a vacation package or a hotel or car rental or something, um, you earn a number of points um, in an account. You can use those points to redeem for future travel. Um, You also earn qualification towards what we call our mosaic tier, which is is kind of when you start getting additional perks of early boarding and free drinks and things like that. Um, The way it works with the broader travel products businesses is... um, we are super engaged with those in terms of people can actually earn points and qualify towards Mosaic with all the spend that they have with, with JetBlue, which is which is pretty fun and unique. Um, but then there's also a lot of unique features of the program. I mean, our our, our credit card has some differentiated features. Um, we do points pooling, for example. So you, you and you and your family, for example, can all put your points towards one account. So if you each have enough points for a partial ticket, you can actually pull that all together and redeem it for a full ticket. Um, we allow redemption with partial points and cash if you don't have enough points for the full purchase. Um, and we do that not just with flights, but also with flight plus hotel vacation packages. Um, so there are a, a number of levers like that that we've had. And what I'm most excited about is the new version of the program um, is going to be unique in terms of giving customers just a lot more choice. So, so most programs, it's a pretty long run up to qualify for kind of getting any benefits and you get a basket of benefits we're going to have much shorter run-ups and along the way you can pick one benefit and it's the benefit of your choice. So instead of having to spend thousands of dollars before you get anything and benefit um, with our program at a fraction of that, you'll start getting your first benefit and then you'll get your second benefit and customers will have the choice of which benefits they value the most and which ones they choose, yeah, uh, which awesome. will be pretty, um, pretty exciting in the industry. Well, that's a, a great idea because a lot of brands struggle right now. You know, we have like 130, almost 140 members of Lloyd 360, and we meet with them quite frequently. But getting active engagement early in the program is very challenging, right? So uh, partnership rewards, potentially sweepstakes, lower opportunities to get engagement early on is more advantageous to the program long term, as you know. Yeah. So, so when you- that's what we're going to tap into and, and how do we get people engaged and then excited about the next 
benefit that they can earn. And 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 again, I think the the concept of choice that they get to choose what what they're getting along the way will be quite valuable. Okay, can you talk a little about JetBlue and Paisley.com? Uh, they're adding some incremental value uh, to the JetBlue customers uh, with great service, and obviously the the value proposition you talked about, and in alignment with the, the JetBlue brand. You know, how is that contributing to your customer loyalty efforts? Yeah. So one of the things that we found, and particularly post kind of coming out of the COVID world, is customers seem to care a lot more now what companies they're doing business with. And I think there was a number of customers who just had a bad experience. They had book travel before kind of March of 2020, and unwinding that was pretty painful for a lot of them. And 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 we we, we again being JetBlue and the way we treat our customers, we did our best to make sure that people felt like they were made whole in some way and whatnot. And one of the things that we're seeing is, I think one of the reasons that we're winning market share in terms of selling beyond flights is because customers trust JetBlue. They know that we'll, we'll be there for them. If something comes up, um, they can call us and, and we'll advocate on their behalf. And so that was a lot of the original thinking with, with the idea of building Paisley, which is look, instead when customer buys a flight from us, what most airlines do is they essentially refer you to a website run by somebody else and say, hey, you want a car rental? go over there. Um, they put their brand on it, but it's not actually run by any of these airlines. And JetBlue used to do this in the pre-Paisley days as well. And we said, you know what, we have to be better than this. If, if we're actually having a customer on our website rent a car, we should know what car they rent. <laughs> we should answer the phone if they have any questions. Um, if they want to make a change, it should be us. If they book a hotel, we should take ownership of that booking. If And, and, and again, things happen in travel. If they book a hotel through us and they show up and the hotel's full because they oversold, We'd like to think that's our problem to solve. Not, hopefully that never happens, but we want to take ownership. And so what we've tried to do with Paisley is say, look, book your flight. That's where most of our customers start. But A, here's a bunch of unique deals that you get access to only because you booked a JetBlue flight. And some of our hotel and car rental and activities partners give us discounted rates to offer our customers um, if they've already booked a, a flight because then they know that they're actually going to that destination, their market for something else. But then B, most importantly, you talk about loyalty overall, we can now serve the customer much better. And, and we actually have with um, with Paisley, we have what we call proactive support. So schedules change sometimes, right? Storms come, schedules change, things happen. Um, and now you've booked, imagine you've booked your flight with us and you've booked your hotel with somebody else and a car rental with somebody else and now your flight schedule changes. Um, it can be a hassle. And, and we actually will notice when that happens and we'll call you and say, hey, look, we notice that your flight now lands at 6 p.m. instead of at 3 p.m. Um, but we've notified the hotel that you're going to be late, you're fine, you're still going to get there, and we've notified the car rental company. Or if, for example, they switch days, we'll say, hey, we've already called the hotel, canceled your first night, you'll get a refund for that, you'll save the money, and off you go. And so it's really to turn the model on its head where the industry has generally said, look, we'll sell you a flight and go deal with somebody else who we referred to you to buy everything else, and good luck with that. Um, we're trying to take it the other way, and, and we do the – the customer feedback that we get is is really rewarding because um, they just really appreciate that they can call us and we'll take care of things when when um, when plans change. That's awesome. That's great. When you look at uh, customers, uh, they changed during uh, COVID, coming up to COVID, uh, and now they're kind of changing back and travel. Uh, you know, we have a one airline, and, and but we also have a number of hotel partners and Amtrak that are members. So we've heard just about all the changes they're seeing, right? Business travel isn't coming back quite yet, but more leisure travel, uh, more pent-up leisure travel potentially. You know, how did your customers change coming into COVID and how did they change maybe coming out of COVID? Yeah, it's been 
I mean, and they've changed like six or seven times in the last right. years, which is which has kept the, the job interesting because um, we recognize we have to meet them where they are. And so um, at first there was some hesitation to get back into travel, right? I mean, at, at first it was, all right, how do we lower the barriers for people to feel, the, the people who felt comfortable enough to leave the house and do it, um, how do we lower the barriers? And so one of the things we actually introduced during COVID was a deposits program for vacation packages where you could actually reserve the package with only $200 down. And then close in, you decide if you want to pay the rest or not. But now you've locked in the price, you've locked in the availability, et cetera. Um, And we saw that was a huge spark to get people comfortable again booking. Then I think everybody got tired of being cooped up for too long. And it was truly revenge travel. And then 2021 and 2022 had been, and even to this year, it's spilling in where um, I think people miss travel. A lot of people didn't get to travel for two years. And um, and and it's not only they, they want to get back and travel, but they don't take it for granted anymore, right? It's just such an important human experience. Um, and so what we're seeing is... Um, is, is, is that there's plenty of demand, um, but people care about the quality of the experience. They've always cared about it, but we see that um, how, how we manage, how we make sure that we deliver a trip that they want is, is really important. And I think that's where um, we talk about brand loyalty. That, that's a lot of what we're trying to focus on is being the company where anybody can sell your trip, but being the company that makes sure that helps you get the trip that you actually wanted from the beginning. Um, and we've seen that that matters. We've seen that uh, we have more comments and testimonials from people saying, wow, I'm always going to just come back to you all because this stuff matters to me. Um, the other thing that's also happened is travel has gotten significantly more expensive with this uh, shift in demand. And, and demand has gone through the roof. Supply hasn't really changed. Not that many big resorts have been built in the last three years. Um, not that many new airplanes have been delivered because there's been supply chain challenges. And so you have uh, people paying a lot more and their expectations have gone up as a result. right? And so suddenly... If I was spending, I don't know, $2,000 on a trip, I had pretty high expectations. I'm spending $3,000 for a trip. Um, my expectations are higher. And so that's been a lot is just how do we continue to raise our bar to meet those customer expectations and delight them in a way that they come back. Um, and then the only other thing that, that, that we're seeing more recently is I think people are back to booking travel in advance. We had seen a real tightening of the booking curve where everybody was waiting till really late to book. And now we're seeing, boy, we have some of our top hotel partners. It's not many, but some of them are already full through mid-May. I mean, the, the, they have no rooms left, but you're not in mid-May. And, and when I look at summer, I mean, the summer bookings are just so far ahead of what we've ever seen. Um, and so I think people are just getting comfortable planning. And again, I think that goes to the experience. Like, it matters. Do I get the room type that I want? Do I get the exact seat that I want? And, and, and instead of waiting till the last minute, we're seeing customers being a little bit more diligent in, in planning early on. So again, it's, it's about adapting to their needs. Yeah, I wish uh, I was in that group that uh, was kind of ahead of the curve. Actually, I have to go to Phoenix for a soccer tournament in two, like next weekend. I mean, two weeks. I, I haven't booked it yet, so I need to do that. And then I have spring break coming on the back of that. I, unfortunately, not uh, like others. But that's good to hear people booking ahead more. That's uh, obviously good for planning purposes. And I do think um, it isn't some people felt frustration last year. Where by the time they got a rentable trip, the hotel they wanted just wasn't available. And sure. uh, I think the, that shift to behavior to this year, they're, they're moving earlier and earlier. So when you look at uh, kind of an, it's a, a time of economic uncertainty right in the U.S., job growth is still strong, inflation's high. Uh, you know, can, can a customer loyalty program, the currency, the, the, you know, the whole entity itself be a hedge against economic uncertainty? And if so, you know, how, how can it be? 
You mean for consumers or? Yeah, for consumers, for, for brands as well, too. If you have a successful loyalty program, you have kind of that uh, bank of uh, value that you've kind of, uh, uh, you know, that had kind of saved up with the customers. Can it be a hedge against some of that economic uncertainty? I mean, I think to some degree it can. I think the people are investing in future purchases with JetBlue when they participate in our program and they buy any product they buy through us. So they're, they're investing in, in, in future uh, with JetBlue. No doubt. So it can help. The only thing that I'll say is, and we've seen this in good times and bad times, good value for money and being better than competition, I think is even more important than that. And so, yes, we, it, it is nice that there are customers who have thousands of true blue points that they will use at some point in the future. Um, but if those points aren't worth a good trip, then it's not going to matter that much. And so one of the things that we do focus on is not only we, we never want to take for granted that they've invested in a relationship with us, but rather um, recognize that, yes, they've trusted that we're going to be able to deliver something back in, in return later. And um, while I do think it drives some loyalty, it's only as good as the quality of the, the redemption that they get on the back end. And that's something that we spend a lot of time looking at is how do we make sure that customers can actually use the stuff on things that they want. Okay. When you look at partnerships, partnerships are a huge area of interest for the, uh, the members of Loyalty 360 and brands we talk to, right? Uh, it's a great way to expand the impact and reach of the customer and loyalty program, especially if they're synergistic. Uh, you know, how does JetBlue Travel Products typically approach partnerships? And can you talk a little bit more about the, the partnerships with Briggs and, and Riley and Solo and how those came to be and, and kind of what that looks like when you offer those services uh, to JetBlue customers? And, and, you know, one of the biggest difference between JetBlue travel products and JetBlue is JetBlue actually owns the experience that they deliver, right? They, they own the airplanes. The people that work on the airplanes uh, are work for and are trained by JetBlue um, and, and actually owns the experience on 10. A lot of what we sell is not a JetBlue product, right? We'll, we'll offer you, we'll help you book a hotel or a car rental or a piece of luggage or an activity. Um, and we do have to depend that the partner is going to deliver the experience. And, and if they don't, obviously we can jump in and help, but our number one priority is finding partners who are like-minded, right. And who are actually going to deliver the experience because we're putting our brand on the line and saying, Hey, trust us. Um, we put this hotel on our website. Um, you should book it through us. And, and um, but then when they actually get there, the experience needs to match what they think that they booked. And so number one in anything that we look at is does this partner have a track record of delivering? Um, it's just somebody that we can work with. And in fact, whenever we're doing partner selection, of course, there's an element of commercial terms that we look at, but our customer service team is as much of the part of the pro because of the partner selection process as our business development team, because we need to know, um, we need to know, are we actually going to be able to deliver this? When, when the customer calls and says, Hey, I'm in this situation um, and we need to solve that issue. Who are we going to call? Who's going to answer that phone? Is there going to be somebody dedicated? And so I'd say that's something that we take a lot of care in is making sure that uh, partners are like-minded. And then, yes, I'm very excited. We recently launched a partnership with Briggs and Riley. Um, a lot of our initial focus was actually selling travel. Um, you figure, okay, rides and, and lodging and things like that. But when we started, we, we had some early conversations with uh, the U.S. luggage team and they're like, look, one thing everybody needs when they travel is luggage. And, and so why is that not part of the portfolio? We started thinking and again, ultimately it came down to partnering with them because we think they're like-minded. I mean, they, 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 they deliver a fantastic product, both of the brands, the solo brand and the uh, Briggs and Riley brand. Um, they have similar views on customer service. I mean, the Briggs and Riley brand has a lifetime 
warranty. So if anything ever happens with that bag for the life of the bag, um, you can just send it back and they'll fix it. Um, so again, there's a like-mindedness there. Um, they have a variety of products. Um, and then for us, again, it's one more way that customers can earn points, right? Anything you book through paisley.com earns you points. So now a customer, if you need to buy a suitcase or a bag, we've gone through the effort of pre-selecting good quality bags. They all fit on our airplanes, at least the ones that are meant to be carry-ons. Um, and you can earn true blue points and you can get closer to qualifying towards Mosaic or getting that next uh, benefit that you want. And so it just felt like a win all around to, for our customers and, and, and the right partnership. Okay. When you look at um, the uh, metrics you have, you know, how do you uh, measure the efficacy of what you're doing uh, for your customers, right? The incremental offerings, is it uh, word of mouth? Or are there some metrics or KPIs that you look at to say, oh, this, these partnerships are really working. They're adding value to the JetBlue customers. Yeah, so there's there's two phases. The first one was uh, we had to build the business, right? I mean, and, and so a lot of that was about driving awareness, um, getting customers even to come to some of these sites that are kind of cousins of JetBlue.com and, and and related. And so a lot of it was just the customers know that we're offering this. But then also once they come, do they actually buy, right? I mean, that's a pretty big signal of do they like what we're putting on the shelf? Um, so it's something that we look at a lot before we go do big marketing blasts, we really focus on getting what we call conversion up. And it's, I, I see that as the biggest signal of is what's on the shelf, what the customers are actually looking for. If you get a yeah. thousand people come to the website and only one buys, then there's 999 of them who said, uh, you know, I was interested in this product, um, but what I saw on here wasn't really what I wanted and, and off they go. And so every product before we start marketing it, and I'll give you a, a current example of we recently got, uh, started selling flight plus cruise packages first in the industry to do that and it took us a little bit of time it took us several months to get the website it's not that it wasn't working but to give the messages that customers cared about to put the cruise lines that customers most wanted um, in the easiest spot to find um, to talk about the destinations in the way that resonated with them and suddenly we went from about one in a thousand people came to buy to one in a hundred people that come to the website start buying and, and and that's what i start seeing is progress then that starts telling me okay we now have the right product that customers want. Now we just need to tell more of them. Um, so when they come, they're actually um, um, they're actually happy and and, uh, and 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 get what they need. Is is uh, is the way that I look at it. Okay. When you look at uh, kind of the, the challenges, opportunities you face within your role being uh, in kind of leader of the organization, you know, what's the biggest challenge you face uh, to, to you know to keep uh, things rolling at such a an effective clip? Yeah. Well, certainly, uh, you know, when I joined, uh, took this role, we took about most of 2019 to build the first version of the vacations business that we launched. Uh, 2020 was our coming out party and January and February looked promising. And then we had a pandemic wipeout, um, um, all travel demand. And, and, and there was a lot of questions on where, where is this all going to go? Um, fortunately, we've recovered and, and are in a great place now. But one of the things that's happened is, um, the world changes at a much more rapid pace, I feel, since since COVID. I mean, both like supply chains get disrupted and they get fixed. People don't travel and they travel more than they've ever traveled. Um, even within our team, what people expect out of work and what they want out of the culture and what they want out of job satisfaction has changed. And so the, the biggest piece for me is I feel like every six months I'm solving completely different problems than I was solving six months ago. And that the solutions that we had 12 months ago would be to, um, keep the team engaged, to keep customers happy, to um, keep our partners happy. Um, 
it just changes all the time. And it's just trying to stay ahead of that and realizing that whatever solutions we're putting in place now may be relevant nine months when, when the world is a materially different place. Absolutely. Are, are there other customer loyalty programs you admire that you think are doing a good job uh, that you're loyal to? Uh, you know, if so, you know, what do you like about their offerings? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, you're probably not going to like my answer, but it's sincere. Because, guys, I am a member personally of a lot of uh, loyalty programs. I used to have a job where I used to travel 45, 50 weeks a year. So I was, I was pretty well-versed firsthand. And, and um, but, but the one that I'm actually really excited, because I, I do think there's a little bit of sameness across the programs. Like, it's just kind of pick your pick your program. I, I'm actually really excited about the one that the JetBlue True Blue team is launching later this year. I, I think that's one that... I'm looking at it and I'm like, they're solving a lot of the things that have frustrated me with other programs. And, and I know that feels like a, it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but it is sincere in that when I look at it, I'm like, this could be a game changer and be just so far, so much more engaging for customers than anything else in travel. Because outside of it, I, I do feel like within travel, there's a bit of sameness and gravitating towards the same, the same stuff. And I, I, I do think this will be, um, will be pretty innovative and different for customers. Okay, excellent. And last question I have, uh, somewhat self-serving, is you know what can Loyalty Three Hundred and Sixty do to help you and your team uh, regarding your customer loyalty journey? Yeah, no, it's it's a good question. I mean, uh, right now, one of the biggest things for us is um, I think we have great travel offerings beyond flights within the JetBlue ecosystem, whether it's vacations or Paisley or whatnot. Um, and I actually think the linkage to the loyalty program, to the True Blue program, is 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 unique and significantly more valuable than what any other airline is offering in terms of linking this. Um, my biggest barrier to, to, to adoption is customers being aware of that, right? And, and I think it's, it's one of the biggest things that keeps me up at night is how do I make sure that customers understand that these products are actually better value for money, um, that it's a better experience, and that it's got a better linkage with the loyalty program than, than anything else that's out there. Um, and so that that's kind of the one, the one thing that, that um, I think about when I when I wake up in the morning is, is how to do that. And so any anything that helps in that direction is, is something that's always welcome. Okay, great. Well, Andreas, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, it was interesting learning more about the, the program you're running uh, at JetBlue Vacations and uh, looking forward to hearing more uh, from you and your team in the, in the upcoming year. Thank you, Mark. Absolutely. Time. And thank you everyone for taking the time to listen today. Make sure you join us back for another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty uh, series soon. Have a wonderful weekend.